So we in this series, we've got a lot of fill-ins. We're going to go quick. So if you need a fill-in, raise your hand, and we'll get that to you quick. Well, I'm going to go. i got to talk quick tonight. We may not get through it all, but I will. 1 Corinthians, I'm going to go through 1 Corinthians tonight. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says, Love endures long and is patient and kind. So if we are talking about any relationship you're in, you may be thinking, Jonathan, I don't have any plans of being in a relationship. Or Jonathan, I am never going to be in a relationship again. Or Jonathan, I just came out of a bad relationship or I'm in a good relationship. Whatever status you might be in, I believe that the truths that are represented in this are good for every relationship, whether romantic or friendship or whatever, that these principles can be transcended upon every relationship. So your first fill-in is your treatment of others says more about you, that how I treat other people says more about me. Have you ever known that, is the, is the right word petulant, petulant little, and just forgive me for using a gender, petulant little teenage girl that always has to have her way. And if she doesn't get her way, forgive me, there's hell to pay. I couldn't think of anything else to rhyme with that. But how I treat others says more about me. If you're secure with yourself, you're going to treat others with respect. That is, if there's one thing lacking in people's lives, is being secure with yourself. As a matter of fact, most people that fly off the handle. Most people that are not good with relationships, most people that can't handle conflict in a constructive way are insecure with themselves first. Your next fill-in. If you don't feel good about yourself, it shows in all of your relationships. There is no hiding an insecure person. There is no hiding an insecure heart. Didn't you guys enjoy Elizabeth Clark Hoverman last week? She preached almost, everything. I was like, I can't say that. She already said it. I can't say that. She's already stolen it from me. You value others like you value yourself. So if you are calm and secure and at rest with yourself, then you're going to treat people in like manner. Can I say it another way? If you are insecure and in an internal upheaval and overly sensitive and preoccupied with how everything faces or pertains to you, you're going to treat people in like manner. Can I tell you this? You will never own anyone but yourself. And even then, you, you are bought with a price. I think if there's one thing that is a master for the master of a recipe of disaster for a relationship is for one person to think that they have ownership or control over another. God doesn't even treat us that way. And when we have that subcon subconscious 
or subliminal, subliminal or in the back of our mind thinking that I should have a certain amount of say in what that person does and is, then that's a recipe for disaster. We try to own people's choices and their lives and their love. Don't raise your hand, but have you ever felt like you were losing somebody's love? Have you ever felt like you were losing favor with someone? Have you ever felt like you were losing value with someone? And can I tell you, before you walk that path, that path is a path that's going to end in your demise. You have no ownership over what people choose, what they live, or how they love. We often treat the worst the ones we love the most. I've seen boyfriends and girlfriends fight each other like cats and dogs, call, everything, call each other everything but a good person, but if somebody on the outside would come and say something like that to that girlfriend or that boyfriend, we'd have a fight entail. But somehow, some way, we justify among ourselves or between ourselves that because I'm close to you, because we're in a relationship, because we uh, are choosing to be together, then I have permission to treat you however I want. You've seen it. It's kind of sad to watch. We're kindest to the ones that matter least to us. Have you, have you ever been over to uh, someone's house and you met their mom and dad? Well, hello, nice to meet you, Mr. So-and-so. Hello, nice to meet you, Mrs. So-and-so. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, sir. And then we go home. Mom, where is my clothes? Why can't I find my favorite jeans? Why? They're not washed. You know I'm waiting for them to be washed. Oh. Why can't I go out with them? Too much money, it's not that much. Just give me another $20. After you've been doled out 80 in the past five days. But we would never dream of treating somebody else's parents in that manner. We're rude and hurtful to the ones that love us more than anyone else. I'm going to jump ahead here real quick because I don't know how far we're going to get tonight. But isn't it true that we take liberties with people that we are close to and get all bent out of shape and have a short fuse and have low tolerance or no tolerance and be hypersensitive, overly, overly reactive to people that we claim we love? And it just becomes a part of what we do as we get closer to people, then our tolerance for them and our fuse toward them shortens. And everything irritates us. And the grace that we would have toward a person that we completely had never met is greater than the grace we would have for somebody that we love the most. 
First Corinthians, I'm getting tough now. I got to lighten up. Somebody, come, Melinda, come here and slap me. This calm me down here. First Corinthians 13, 4. She's like coming toward her. 13, 4. Love is never envious nor boils over with jealousy. The one question, and I liked what Elizabeth said last week, the one question that we should always ask ourselves is, why am I in this relationship? Let's also ask that pre-relationship. Why am I pursuing this relationship? Can I also say, this is not just romantic relationships. If you have friendships, you should be asking yourself, why... Am I in this relationship? Is your relationship, and this is a big one, is your relationship founded upon trust and respect? I'm going to say this next phrase, and then I'm going to run out that back door because I don't want anybody to throw something at me. Trust says, I don't need to know everything you're doing and still, be, still feel secure. I have preached. We can close this down. We've already got cupcakes for Taylor for his birthday. I have preached. Trust. Trust says I don't need to know everything that you're doing and going and thinking and still feel secure. Generally, the opposite is true. If I don't know where you are, what you're doing, when you're getting to get to where I'm at, <laughs> who you're with, oh, I'm going to preach now. Everybody retract your toes because I'm about to stomp some. Who you're with, why are you with them, is anyone else there? Give me the roster of everybody that you immediately see in front of you right now. Could I have also a transcript of all your text over the last 24 hours, <laughs> including with your mother, Trust says, if you trust that person, trust says, I can still feel secure and not know everything. Trust says, and we'll help you with this, I trust your decision and, and choices and won't stand around pouting about how they affect me. I feel like I should sit down. <laughs> I feel I'm either helping somebody or ticking somebody off right now. Trust says, I, I, I trust your decisions and your choices, and I won't pout when I disagree with them. The real question is, why are you in a relationship with that person? If there is, and I'm, I don't think I'm... Yes, I'm jumping ahead. Let me do the next one. If you don't trust them, something is wrong. If at any point in any kind of relationship, whether it's friendship, whether it's romantic, whether it's marriage, whether it's a business relationship, whether it's a boss and an employee relationship, if you get to a place where you cannot implicitly trust what that person's motivations are, then something is wrong. Let me take it as, let me regress. If you are always on edge about trusting what that person is up to, two things, something is wrong in the relationship and there's probably something wrong with you. 
many relationships fabricate things that don't even exist because of a lack of trust. Lack of trust causes all kinds of imaginations in our mind of what could be happening. Have you ever been in a decent relationship and all of a sudden you start imagining the end of that relationship and nothing has gone wrong? You imagine what would happen if we got into a bad fight and we broke up. What would happen if we got at odds with each other and it was over? And what ends up happening is that as we meditate on and rehearse in our minds what could go wrong, we start living in the realm of what could go wrong, and then our actions are responsive of not reality and not truth and not trust, but our responses are reactive of what I have created in my mind about what could happen. I like this story. I think it was uh, Joyce Meyer or Beth Moore or one of those. She said, I had a dream. It was Beth Moore. I had a dream one night, she said, that her husband, Keith, Keith, my husband, was cheating on me. Just had this full-fledged dream that Keith was cheating on me. And Beth Moore, she's a renowned women's speaker and great, great minister. And she said, and I woke up that next morning and I was mad at Keith. And he said, what? And he finally, Keith said, what is wrong with you? She said, I had a bad dream last night that you were cheating on me. And he goes, but I wasn't. And that's an illustration of, have you ever created something in your mind about what might be happening and then you're upset about what might be happening? That's like me saying, dang it, I, pr I, I promise there is a dent in my car right now. Have you seen it? No, but I just sense it. I sense a dent in my car. And Melinda Perky's here, so the probability. <laughs> she backed into Taylor last week, by the way. <laughs> have you gone out and looked at it? No. But I just have this feeling that there's a dent in my car and I'm mad. And, how, and, and every single person that has the least bit of rationale would say, you are irrational to be imagining a dent in your car and being upset about the potential of a dent in your car that you have no evidence that your car has even been touched. But we do that with relationships all the time and excuse every time we do it. Can I do one more before we... Shut it down. 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love is not boastful or vainglorious. It does not display itself haughtily. <laughs> Have you ever seen people walk sometimes? I, I'm, my brother Billy, his, he masters how people, their, you know, their little ticks and stuff. But have you seen people walk, you know, uh, some people walk with kind of a, 
Some people, and some people, I, there was a teacher at BHS, and she used to, and I imitated the, to, the, the principal was rolling today at my school when I was imitating, she walked like this. And he goes, oh, that is exactly how she walked. <laughs> As a matter of fact, she was walking down the whole hall one day at school, and I was behind her, and some teachers could see me, she couldn't see me, and I was walking like her. <laughs> yeah, I almost got fired that day. <laughs> But have you ever seen somebody walk and they walk like their poop doesn't stink? Sis, it's haughtily. Do you insist on your own way? No one would say, I'm haughty. I, I am uh, boastful. But do you insist on your own way? Let me take it a step further. And if you don't get your way, then someone is going to know. How much you give into a relationship is not a badge of honor, but a barometer of the intent of your heart. If you are keeping score, (laughs) you're the only one that cares what your score is. Love does not, let me make it plain, love does not keep score. Can I take it a step further? That if we really operate in love, if we really operate in the love that God designs us to operate in, we will give into a relationship with no accounting of how much we are giving into it, and we will give into a relationship with no expectation of return, and we will give into a relationship because it brings us grace joy that's God's kind of love it's not haughty it's not boastful getting even (laughs) is never a relationship strategy have you ever broken up with somebody and you would have been just fine if they got hit by a car once again Melinda's here we can arrange that She has a backup camera and she's not going to use it. (laughs) She's like the president. I got a reverse (laughs) and I've got a pedal and I'm not afraid to use it. (laughs) I have no idea where I was going. (laughs) No. (laughs) Because she's fun. Getting even is never a relationship strategy where you would think... Can I take it a step further? Everybody, when in a relationship ends or something goes bad, everybody experiences the, the, the part of that that is not enjoyable. But can I say that if our, what do you call it, our motivation on the other side of a relationship, we'll get to more of this next week, if our motivation on the other side of a relationship is to get justice and be, right, be made right by what they did wrong to us, there is something wrong with you. It's not God's heart. Being right only benefits the one who thinks that he or she is right. This political season has been, oh, it's still going. It just it feels like it's not ended. But this 
just unrelenting need for people to be right. And we carry that over into relationships where at whatever cost, we're going to make sure that we are right. And many times in relationships, we don't care how that person feels as long as we can say that we're right. I've heard Dr. Phil say it time and time again. You have made her, and I'll just use a guy against a woman. You have made her feel little. You have made her feel unimportant. You have made her feel insecure. You have made her feel like she is nothing. You have made her feel sad. You have made her feel like she is without hope, all under a driven necessity of being right. You're right. And what does that get you? That being right has been the cost of being right has caused you to belittle someone else and make them feel not valuable. That's not God's way. God's way is that I'll give at my expense to make them feel valuable. I'll give out of my need to make them feel worthwhile. I think it's uh, sad, sad to see what we do with relationships. How you treat, Taylor, if you'll come on up, how you treat those who have nothing to benefit you says volumes about you. Many times in a relationship, we will do and say things to people that we love that we would never do or say to other people that we don't nearly care for as much. And we will do it, can I make this plain, because we get away with it. That we will do it because we know we can. That we will say that with no filter and no guard to somebody else because we know they're still going to be there on the other side of me saying this. They're still going to be there on the other side of me doing this. And that says something. That says something about me. That how I treat somebody that I know is not going to respond. Now, I, I, like, I like sometimes what Dr. Phil says to men. Because he'll talk to men and he says, you know what? You'll tell your wife, your girlfriend, whomever. You'll go up and call her a pig and call her lazy and trying to keep this rated G and call her uncaring and 
busybody and all that other stuff. And guys, you'll say that to your wife, your girlfriend. Dr. Phil says, let me bring in here a 250-pound guy that lifts weights every day. He's got muscles in his nostrils and his earlobes. He's so fit. And I want you to say those same things to him. <laughs> oh, no. Everybody, no, 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 no. <laughs> I've changed my mind. Then why in the world would we say it to somebody that wasn't built like that? That says something about you. That you would take it out on a female or a guy or whomever, because they'll be there tomorrow. But somebody that come in here and open up a can on you, you would guard your mouth. And with a smile say, never mind. We, we don't have the same grace. We don't have the same level of empathy or sympathy with somebody who matters much more to us than some meathead from the gym. And I'm, I'm saying tonight that we do dumb stuff in relationships all the time and call it normal. And God just, and we just got through a few verses, and God says in 1 Corinthians 13, that is not my way. Not in any form, fashion, or shape. 